You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, along with co-host Pat Trena of Inside Football, The Athletic, Forbes, and a host of other places. Patty, here we are again, and how are you today? I'm good, Ed, but I think I'm going to have to start giving you a test before we come online to record about all the places I write for. Well, you know, I always, I, I always want to do them in a different order, Patty, and then I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> what did I say, what didn't I say, where am I going here? But I should write them down. I should write, either, that, either, that or, either that or I have a better idea. You just quit working for all those other places. Just work for me, and it would be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't come cheap, you know. <laughs> got, well, I, 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 I got to keep I my dog, you know, with with the uh, chicken and cheese, and I get the quality stuff for her. So you know, I need the money for that. <laughs> you, 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 you saying I'm cheap, Patty? Ah, uh, never, uh, never. I, I don't know. All right. Anyway. With with all of with all of that preamble out of the way, let's uh, let's talk about the Giants a little bit today, Patty. And we have to start uh, with the unfortunate news we got yesterday that Giants general manager Dave Gettleman uh, is has been uh, diagnosed with lymphoma and will begin treatment. I mean, not a whole lot we can say about that other than you know to simply wish the man well. Uh, and hope for a, a speedy and full recovery. Uh, you know, not an easy thing for him to go through, and uh, we hope it works out well. Definitely. You know, as, as a cancer patient myself who's been in remission now since uh, 2011, I know what the impact, what, what kind of impact chemotherapy and radiation and all that good stuff has on a body. And, you know, I, look, it, it, it's all a matter um, I think it's a matter of just how much you feel you can do. You can't push yourself. You're going to have to listen to your body. If your body says, you know, flake out on the couch and relax, you, you flake out on the couch and you relax. But uh, I know when I went through it, and I went through some pretty heavy stuff myself with the chemo, um, there were many, many days when I just had absolutely no energy. And, and, and certainly you hope that whatever course of treatment Dave Gettleman's doctors have chosen for him, that a, it's short enough to knock whatever it is, you know, the severity of the disease out, and that he has no long-term repercussions as a result of chemo, which sometimes can pop up. So, like you, Ed, all the, I, I send all my best wishes to Dave Gettleman. It, it's it's a battle. I know he's going to win because he's a tough Boston dude. Uh, you know, you got to love him. He, he always talks about his Boston heritage and everything like that. He's a tough man. He's a good man. And I, I really believe in, you know, not to sound religious or anything, but I think the good Lord's going to look after him and his loved ones during this trying time. Well, you certainly hope so, Patty. And, and the football part of all of that as it pertains to the Giants is, is secondary to the man's health and you know, we will, as we said, we'll wish him well, and uh, and, and hope you know that that he has a full recovery, and uh, we'll obviously be uh, you know be rooting for him. So, 
with uh, with that out of the way, Patty, um, you know, let's talk about you know a couple of of more pleasant topics, you know, relating to the Giants. You and I have been attending the uh, the OTAs, you know, paying attention to uh, what's been going on, you know, throughout the the off season. Uh, you know, most of the the what you would call major storylines have been, uh, you know, sort of beaten to death per se. Um, we thought today, you know, to, to let the listeners know, we thought we would talk about some of the the more under the radar type storylines, uh, Patty. So what I'll do is I'll let you start, um, you know, with with something that uh, that you find, you know, that that's under the radar. You think that's been underreported or not talked about enough, you know, as we head toward the end of the off season and uh, and get ready for training camp. Well, I think the first thing that jumps out at you is is the battle for the specialists, the kicking specialists. You know, Aldrich Rosas is coming off of a bumpy first year. Um, he has competition in the form of Marshall Cohen, Cohen, I believe is how you pronounce it. And now, you know, you have uh, Riley Dixon, whom the Giants traded a conditional seventh-round pick, I believe, uh, to get to acquire from Denver. Um, he's going to get some competition from um, a, a, a former Viking punter, Taylor, uh, oh gosh, the last name is escaping me. Taylor, C-Mink, I think is how you pronounce yeah, it, C-Mink. Patty, I think. Right, yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, that's a storyline that really hasn't gotten a lot of airplay, but it's so important because, you know, while you would like for your offense to score, you know, on every time, thus eliminating the need for a place kicker to try a field goal and thus eliminating the need for, for a punter, it's not going to happen. And, you know, field position is so important. And, you know, we, we don't get – we get to see some of that in practice, but not the full blast because, you know, the, the limitations and, and, you know, they're not really running back returns or anything like that. But that's just so important to see how these guys do. And I think a couple times we've seen the kicking, uh, it's been in controlled environments. Like, for example, this last OTA, we were inside, so there was no wind or elements. So that's, that's one thing that, you know, pops to mind as a story that I feel is, is under, underreported and, and yet so important. What I'll say about that, uh, about the, the kicking competitions, Patty, is that, you know, we do have two place kickers in camp. I'm going to be very, very surprised if we don't have a situation similar to what we had a year ago where the Giants eventually bring in a veteran place kicker, you know, to compete with uh, with Aldrich Rosas. I mean, no offense to, to Marshall Cohn, but he's a guy, I think, who's kicked in one game. I think his, his NFL experience includes uh, kicking all of one extra point in a game, I think, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, as we see who gets cut loose as we get closer and closer to the season, to see a, a, a veteran, you know, come in to, to compete for that job. You know, you, you love Aldrich Rose's attitude. You love his talent. But you have to produce better than he did a year ago. As as for the uh, the punter competition, I just know you know after having talked to Riley Dixon and having done some research on Dixon, 
Um, you know, he, he went to Syracuse. Um, he was pretty much a, a hero at Syracuse. He's a guy who, you know, for a couple of reasons, had a sort of tongue-in-cheek Heisman Trophy um, candidacy um, or campaign started by some folks at Syracuse. I, I know that, that a large chunk of my readership comes from, from that area, and, and, and God forbid that the Giants decide to, to go into the 2018 season with a different punter because I have a feeling that a section of my readership would be up in arms, and, and, and I, I don't want to deal with that, Patty. No, I don't blame you, Ed. I mean, when people are passionate about something, uh, it, it, could be, you know, it could be wild, so I don't blame yeah, you so. one bit. So I, I don't want to root against Taylor Seamank, but uh, I, I guess maybe I'm going to root against the guy. So. Oh, <laughs> so you're not supposed is. to do that, Ed. Come I on. Know not, I know I'm not supposed to do that, Patty. I know. Uh, <laughs> Patty, let's 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 move on from from the place kicking topic to uh, to another sort of under the radar story, and I'll toss this one out. Um, because I was interested the other day, you know, earlier in the week the Giants made, you know, a series of roster moves. They let some guys go. Uh, they did bring in the, the punter we've already talked about. Another guy they brought in was a, a local New Jersey kid, uh, tight end Garrett Dickerson, uh, you know, who played, you know, locally. I think uh, I think it was at uh, Bergen Catholic High School and played his college ball at Northwestern. And and it's not so much that I want to talk about Dickerson, but it's that I kind of want to talk about the, the tight end position because you know, we know that the Giants have Evan Ingram. We know that they have Red Ellison. But this offseason now with the addition of Dixon, they've brought in you know quite a few guys. They brought in Kyle Carter from the Minnesota Vikings. They've brought in Dickerson now. They brought in, you know, uh, Ryan O'Malley, I think it is. It, beyond Ellison and Engram, you know, right now I look at that backup tight end position, and if you want to throw Shane Smith in there, you know, the fullback, uh, I just th- I think it's very interesting, you know, how that's going to shake out to see who gets the last tight end spot or perhaps – if they go without a fullback, the last two tight end spots on the roster. Yeah, I, I often wondered about that myself because it just seems like they are collecting, um, they're collecting tight ends. And, you know, Pat Shermer uh, makes heavy use of the tight ends or at least has in, in, in his offensive scheme. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I did take a look at at uh, Shane Smith's stats from last year, and I don't think he was throwing the ball uh, very often, if, if at all. And the part of the problem, and I know you and I have discussed have discussed this uh, a couple times, um, when you have a tight a, a tight end lining up as your fullback or your H back you have a little bit more flexibility because you can have that guy be your blocker and you can also have that guy run a pass pattern and maybe be a receiver. When you have a fullback, a pure fullback in that backfield, sometimes you can be limited. I mean, unless you have Avanta Leach or, 
or a, a Mike Colbert or, or you know, or, or um, oh goodness, what was the name of the fullback that they had? Jerome Felton, they, you know, who was before Shermer's time, but right. you know, yeah. he was. Yeah, but he, 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 was, he was an example of a guy who could do both. But you really need a guy who can do both back there. You need a guy who can, you know, take that running start, uh, make the blocks, you know, clean up stuff if stuff breaks down up, up ahead. And it's, it's just interesting. And, you know, it, I, I was telling – I think I was either telling you or an, another colleague, I can't remember, but I, I was telling somebody about how several years ago – I, I asked Mike Pope, who at the time was the Giants tight ends coach, if he ever thought that, that, the, that the fullback spot would go away in favor of a tight end. And the conversation kind of was like, no, nah, not in the Northeast. You're always going to need a lead blocker. Well, I've said this over and over again. The position itself isn't going away. There's always going to be a, a, a role for, for a fullback in an offense. The question is whether or not teams are going to keep a pure fullback as opposed to maybe gravitate towards a tight end to do that role. And I think that's what I see happening with the Giants now. And it's interesting because if you look at the roster sheet, Shane Smith is not listed as a fullback. He's listed as a tight end, okay, even though, you know, he, came, he was a college fullback. So I just find that interesting that the, that the title – which you know, I guess, is not worth the, the paper it's written on, is going away, and, and the, the role of, of the quote unquote fullback is is expanding because you you know you're putting a tight end back there. So yeah, that that is going to be a battle that's worth watching. You know, because a lot of people say, well, you know, what are they doing at receiver? They're not adding receivers, and they don't really have a third guy. And I could see where you know the the uh, the extra tight ends are going to come into play and maybe take over that third receiver role, if you will. I think you're, you're probably right there, Patty, because I think what we're seeing more and more of, and I think we've referenced this in, in other shows, what we're seeing a lot at this point is, you know, two tight end alignments, you know, with, with two true wide receivers on the field, um, you know, moving that, moving that second tight end around, you know, as, as an H-back, sometimes in line, you know, sometimes in a bunch formation, sometimes in the backfield. And I, I think that is the way that this offense seems to be trending. And I know that a lot of these guys, I know that Jarrell Adams has some experience coming out of the backfield, you know, lining up as a fullback. I know that the Giants can move Evan Ingram around. Red Ellison has played some fullback. It's my understanding that uh, the Dickerson kid they just signed, you know, out of Northwestern. I actually talked to uh, one of the writers at SB Nation's Northwestern website about Dickerson, and he was used primarily as an H back or what Northwestern called a super back, and and is reputed to be a pretty good blocker for his size. So, yeah, it seems like the Giants are looking for that, that multiple role. And, you know, that's the way offenses are going now anyway. They don't want to be predictable. They want to look for matchups and guys with multiple skills, um, you know, are guys to, uh, you know, to look for. Patty, let's, uh, let, let's move on. Uh, you have uh, another under-the-radar story that, uh, that you want to get to? Yeah, I, I think we need to talk about the defensive line depth, and this one's kind of tricky because, as is the case with the offensive line, you can't really gauge 
where they are defensively, in, in the, or I should say in the pit at all, you know, offensive line and defensive line, because, you know, you need the pads to go on and you need to, you know, see them knocking into each other. And we won't see that until the summer, until, until summer training camp. But with that said, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting because right now, you know, uh, Damon Harrison, for whatever reason, has been a limited participant, um, or I, I should say, you know, has been hasn't uh, reportedly hasn't been at uh, a whole lot of OTAs and you know again they're voluntary I'm not criticizing him I'm I'm sure he has a legitimate reason for why you know for what he's doing but you know it's given them an opportunity to look at guys like Robert Thomas in the middle you know um, uh, uh, AJ Francis is another one they've taken a look at so so really you know watching how that depth plays out and then you know the the uh, the defensive ends in the in the three four you know you've had Dalvin Thomlinson line up on the outside BJ Hill is lined out on on the outside. You know, where's Josh Morrow going to fit in? Where's Kerry Wynn going to fit in? Is Kerry Wynn going to maybe be an outside linebacker after all? You know, there's just you know there's a lot of question mark as to how that defensive line I think is going to shake out eventually, and uh, I, I'm curious to see it because um, I get the impression they they want the guys to be able to be you know to do multiple roles which would, of course, you know, give James Betcher more options on, on his personnel packages. But, you know, it, you know, then you throw in the rookie, um, R.J. McIntosh, who hasn't been able to practice for, you know, a, an undisclosed medical condition. Where's he going to fit in? So just a lot of bodies, I think, right now at, at the defensive line position and just kind of seeing where they all fit in when it's all said and done. And we, we probably won't know that until we get into a few padded practices, but... That's a story I think we need to keep an eye on. Patty, the last under-the-radar uh, one that I will mention um, for me is probably um, what's been going on, you know, at the safety position, you know, as Landon Collins has been, you know, rehabbing from his, uh, from his second forearm surgery. I think that we've seen a lot of rotation at that spot, um, obviously, you know, Landon Collins will, will have one of those two safety spots. But the more rotation and the more we see guys, you know, come in and out, we've seen Darian Thompson, Andrew Adams. Uh, we've actually seen a lot of uh, one of the veteran defensive backs the Giants signed, uh, Curtis Riley. I think maybe we've seen some of uh, Orion Stewart back there. Uh, we've had a couple flashes from uh, one of the undrafted, uh, you know, rookie free agents in Sean Chandler, and it just makes me, you know, makes me wonder if once we get closer to the season, once we get to training camp, we get to the preseason games, it makes me wonder if there's going to be a real competition, you know, for that second safety spot next to Collins, you know, rather than. You know, last year I think uh, you know some of the players have talked about guys basically having jobs handed to them. Um, you know, rather than basically that job just going to Darian Thompson. You know, I'm wondering if there's going to be a real competition. You know, for the starting spot, and it does seem like there's definitely going to be a competition. You know, for the roster spots there. So that's that's one that interests me. 
Yeah, me as well. You know, one of the things I like about what Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman have created so far is that nothing is promised to anybody. Okay, you know, maybe you could say, well, Nate Solder's been promised given the contract he got. Eli App, um, Eli Manning has been promised, but in the past, I think the Giants might have been guilty of giving scholarships to their draft picks. And it was a practice that, you know, and again, this is just my take on it. I don't know if that's indeed what happened, but it was just something I found frustrating. Like, like for example, you know, we, you, you mentioned the safety position before. And uh, last year, I, I don't know if Andrew Adams ever really got a fair shake, you know, because, you know, Darian Thompson came back from his injury, and I, I guess they were expecting him to step up and play the way he did before he suffered the foot injury. And, of course, you know, he had some struggles, you know, in tackling and, you know, being a step or two too late on some of the plays and whatnot. And I think there was even one week in which his, his snaps were reduced in favor of Andrew Adams uh, by then-defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo just to kind of, you know, jumpstart things. So I really like that, you know, there's competition. You have to continue to earn your spot. And you know, Landon Collins, when he spoke to us on um, on Monday, he talked about that. He said, "Look, you know, I want to come in, and I and I know I have to earn my job again." You know, now this is a guy that you could sit here and say, "Well, what are you talking about, Landon? Of course you're going to be in the lineup," but that he has that mentality really speaks volumes because that means the message is getting through in the locker room that these guys have to come in and nothing is going to be handed to them. They have to work and they have to earn it, and not just earn it now, but earn it every week. Well, you're right, Patty. This is actually a good time, you know, with a new regime coming in, new GM, new head coach. You don't have, you know, perhaps what, you know, what, a, a GM who drafted some of these players. Maybe you don't have the allegiance to some of these guys or that sort of, you know, situation where I drafted this guy, I believe in this guy, I'm going to keep running him out there. You know, there, we both know it. It's It's sort of unspoken, but there's a pecking order sometimes in the NFL where drafted guys, more highly paid guys, tend to get more opportunities than the than the lower drafted guys, the undrafted guys, and and sometimes you get guys playing simply because of their draft status, and and you hope that we don't see that this year, and and I don't think that we will, and, and I think that's a very very good thing for the Giants if if the guys who perform the best, you know, during training camp, during the preseason, during the practices, are the ones who get on the field. You know, then that's a good thing. Agree, and and that's what you need because look, you want your team to be competitive on the field when they line up against the opponent. Well, if they're not competitive during the week, you know, to earn their keep, how do you expect them to really be at their peak when it comes time to being competitive? You know, on on game day, I think it starts in practice. It starts, you know, in the classroom, in the meeting rooms. It starts with, you know, you know, dotting your eyes and crossing your t's. And I, I just you know, again, this is just my, my, my take, but I don't think that that was necessarily always the case last year. Oh, I think you're probably right, Patty. Um, 
with, with that said, is there anything else in terms of a storyline, you know, that, that you wanted to get to today? I know I'm, I've, pretty much, uh, I've pretty much hit the ones that, that I wanted to touch on. Is there, uh, is there anything else that, that you wanted to hit today? I think we've touched on you know the, the primary ones, but I did want to uh, just quick uh, extend an invitation out to our listeners. Um, even though we, would, we we try and do a Twitter Q and A on a Tuesday, we call it Twitter Tuesday. We're going to try and do one for Thursday. So if you have a question that you would like to ask Ed and myself, you can either tweet it to us. Ed is at Big Blue View. I am at Patricia underscore Traina T R A I N A. Or you can email it to us. And I think last time I gave the email address, I gave you the wrong one. So this time I've got the right one. It's LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. So we need a few good questions. And uh, Ed and I will will attempt to answer them as best as we can. It could be about anything giant related. And we hope uh, we get a whole bunch. And and, um, we look forward to, to hearing from you. Yes, we do, Patty. That whole that whole Tuesday thing just sort of zipped right past us after Monday's OTA. So, so we'll we'll make up for it with a Twitter Thursday this time. That sounds good. I mean, you know, look, it's you can do a Twitter Q and A anytime. You know, thanks to to you guys. You know, and I keep talking about this. You guys have been tremendous. We appreciate the lead, the uh, the reads, the uh, the listens, the downloads. I mean, our our numbers have been just eye popping, and we owe it all to you. And so, hey, you know, we want to get back to you guys. So whatever you guys want to ask us about the Giants, we will do our best to give you an answer. And uh, if we can't give you an answer right now. We'll try and get you one at some point during the course of uh, our observations and dealings with the team. With that said, Giants fans, I don't have a whole lot to uh, to add to to what Patty said. So, with that said, we will call it a show for today, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye bye now.